your source for Big Ten Talk. It's off tackle Empire. Welcome back to Off Tackle Empire, the corniest podcast remaining on the SB Nation College Football Network um, as a result of being one of the only. Ah, the spirit is willing, but the voice, the voice is out of shape for recording four podcast episodes in one night. This brings us to our conclusion of tonight's marathon. We've, we introduced ourselves once. I guess these are actually all going to be separate episodes. I'm Andrew Kraszewski. That's Steve Braun. Our names are on the title thing, right? So people ought to know that. Is it Scott Frost Day yet? Can I just say that I believe that the Frost advisories we were getting as memes for months in multiple off-seasons may have been... The risk of Frost may have been overstated. It's now the hottest... It's going to, again, be the hottest year on record. So when you talk about the relative risk of a Frost advisory in the near future... Um, it seemed that, that that fact seems appropriate. Did you see my front lawn when you pulled in? Yeah. It's basically dead. Yeah. It's June 30th. Yeah. It's been one of the drier springs in so, yeah, Michigan history. The, the next time uh, I, uh, I talked to somebody uh, who I remember saying, Oh, well, where's all that global warming that I hear so much about when we were getting those pulls? Here it is, you chuckle fuck. Yeah. Here it is. Like like a, it is there. In the middle of like a yeah, 15 you know? day stretch of 90 degrees in Michigan. So, oh shit! Well, good. too late to do anything about it now. I guess I'll just, uh, guess we'll just not have civilization anymore. Yeah. Oh well. Yeah. Well, whoever it was that said that to you is probably going to be dead by then. So, thanks, Grandpa. Anyway, um, what odds are you laying for Adrian Martinez to win the Heisman this year? I wouldn't take him for. I mean, I mean, I wouldn't <laughs> give odds I for more than you. plus five hundred. I yeah. <laughs> Do you think college fucking game day is going to go to Lincoln again this year? That happened. That happened last year. Tatina ended up winning four games. They hosted game day. You know, um, it's funny because I almost feel like college game day was gaslighting Nebraska fans with that X because <laughs> they were trying to trying to whip them into a frenzy and be like, come on, Nebraska fans, it's happening. And Get Nebraska excited. fans... <laughs> But inside, like like privately yeah. behind closed doors with each other, we're like, this is not like this is bad. This, this is gonna be terrible. Like this is this is absolute like it's not ha- like like inside, like outwardly they were the Ron Paul gif where it's happening. <laughs> yeah. And privately they were the, the Ron Paul still from the um from the um uh, whatever movie that was. Uh, where he's just sitting backstage and it's not happening. Yeah. Well, because think about the data points leading up to the game day appearance in their conference opener against Ohio State. They had a two-score win against South Alabama, a pretty easy win against Northern Illinois, an overtime loss to Colorado. Oh, and I, I'm sorry, it's not their conference opener because they had a four-point escape against Illinois. Which, did I, I? I think that uh, I, I'm pretty sure that I that I ranked Dick Trips for the season, right? I don't recall a ranking. I ranked virtually everything at the end of last Big Ten season. Okay. I put out like 28 articles in Oh, December. yes. <laughs> that whole thing. Yeah. That, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but anyway, this definitely got a lot of votes. The Colorado game. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Because it was, it was, I wanted to say the flea flicker, but it was the whole fourth quarter. 
Oh, yeah. Because the game was decided until that flea flicker. <sighs> yes. Um, anyway, that was the resume that got Nebraska game day. Um, if you want, if you ever want to know why people in non-prestige fan bases get annoyed by the treatment that certain schools get, it's because of that. How many other schools with that resume where really your best item might be a loss to Colorado, you end up hosting game day? Illinois absolutely would have gotten game day in 2011 had that not been the one year that Ohio State wasn't a national title contender. <laughs> they were 6-0 and ranked number 15 hosting Ohio State, and we didn't get game day because, because that happened to be the one year in, the, in my entire life that Ohio State wasn't a murder death machine. Uh, all right, so. Well, whatever. So at, yeah, at least they so, didn't get game day because we lost. Um, so that went how you would think it would have. And the escape against Illinois was absolutely, had they lost that game, would have been an embarrassment because they gained over 700 yards. They they just yeah. about doubled Illinois' offense. I mean, <laughs> and still they, almost they dug off. themselves in that hole by committing a shitload of turnovers in their own red zone. No. Nebraska committing <laughs> untimely turnovers in like, recent years? In their say. own red zone. You don't say. <laughs> Um, and one number, and Illinois like immediately converted them all into touchdowns, didn't they? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, the reason that um, I, that Illinois lost is because Illinois just wasn't playing as good outside of those turnovers. Nebraska was much better. Yeah. In any case, um, even though after that Ohio State game, Nebraska did win their next matchup, um, they it, it was pretty clear that they were not going to be the division contender team that they were supposed to be. In the preseason, um, I somebody pretended them to win the division in this room. I don't recall who, but I don't <laughs> think it was me. I did not do so enthusiastically. I you said by stubbornly though. I tried to talk you, and like every successor Big Ten West team we tried to talk about, I tried to talk you out of it, and you wouldn't hear any of it. So. Again, it was only because I didn't believe in Minnesota, and I thought Wisconsin wasn't going to be that good either. I picked... I, mean, I, I almost picked Purdue. I ended up going with Iowa, if I remember correctly, but I almost picked Purdue, which would have been as bad of, of but, a decision, um, but I but, at least... I, I remember, I believe, that I put a bet on... Um, no, I don't think there was a no bet, but I remember... Um, Bovada was offering Nebraska as a playoff team at plus 800 odds? <laughs> Which is almost as goofy as Adrian Martinez for the highs, but yeah, it's almost as goofy. Uh, yeah, I mean, you're not going to get those out this year for many reasons. Um, so, all right, let's talk a little more about the substance. The offense showed some promise at times. Um, when, when that up-tempo multiple option is... Humming, it's it's still very aesthetically pleasing. It, it's very difficult to control. It's hard to know where the ball is going. Um, the problems are, Adrian Martinez still can't stay healthy. Missed a couple of games last year, and I think he got hurt towards the end of the season too. Um, I think he had an off-season shoulder surgery or something. Uh, they still, because of the turnover from Mike Riley's tenure. <clears throat> They're still going to be a pretty young team, despite playing plenty of young guys the last couple seasons. Um, J.D. Spielman left. That's one of their better weapons. That's not going to help. They did find a couple of guys in Wandale Robinson and Dedrick Mills, such that it looks like if Martinez stays healthy, they've got the running pieces of it. What I don't know that they have, at least not proven, 
is the guy on the outside who makes the defense play the pass honestly. Um, the thing about Adrian Martinez is, and I think Pat Fitzgerald and even Scott Frost himself would be real mad at me for saying this, but his game would be improved by him becoming one of those quarterbacks that values not getting hit. And yeah. I'm talking about Kyler Murray, Russell Wilson, okay, as opposed to like Jalen Hurts, who is a running back, and I literally cannot I watched a lot of Oklahoma last year. I literally cannot believe he survived the entire season because he would cut back Into at the sideline yeah. <laughs> to to hit people. Right. But there are other people that like well, it's just a calculation of I'm more valuable to my team if I'm not taking big hits all the time. That can be, but I don't know. It's it's. I don't think that's bad decision making on Martinez's part because the system that he's in makes the quarterback a deliberate runner. Like the reason that Kyler Murray and Russell Wilson don't get hit is because when they're out and moving, it's not because of a design play call. It's because they've escaped the pocket and they're buying more time to turn into you know create these massive broken plays. Occasionally, they will run for what yards are there, and yes, at that point, they're good at avoiding contact. But I feel like it's a, there's a different mindset for the quarterback when it's a called pass play, the first and second reads are covered, you scramble a little bit to, fi- to buy some time, and then maybe you run, whereas, okay, here's the read. If you don't hand it off to the eye back, you are running. Um, it just feels like a little bit of a different mindset. Like, the quarterback in these quarterback-run systems rarely after getting five or six yards do they slide. It's always getting as much yards as they can because yeah. the mindset is more similar to that of a running back. That is a good point. So if you manage Adrian, and the thing is with a running back is that generally if you're a team that produces good running backs, you're going to have a guy behind behind that running back. Yeah. But you, you don't have depth at running quarterback. No, at least not when you're implementing it new the way that Nebraska was. I mean, remember, Martinez started as a true freshman because they didn't have anybody else who was suited to this kind of system. Um, and I think, I mean, Andrew Bunch transferred the former walk-on who played some when Martinez got hurt. So, at least I think he did. I, maybe I'm making that up, but I'm pretty sure I saw I that thought he was he going out. So, even the, even the guy who you pulled off the street to act as the stand-in... Um, I th- I'm pretty sure they patched that hole in another way. They either had a guy coming in or they got a transfer themselves. But, um, yeah, it it goes to it goes without saying that they've not been the same team when he's off the field. Um, and even in games that he's played, like he's been dinged up consistently. Like that's been, it's he's always he's missing drives and plays even if he's able to go. So. I think you, your point is still well taken, though, which is the team is way better with him out there than without him. And if he's not going to change his running style, Frost may have to consider tweaking a little bit of how they call the game. Like, yeah, because, you know, if anybody really cared that much about the things that I say, they could definitely go back and find several instances of me begging and pleading with Brandon Peters to run the damn ball into contact more because you have to do that with the system. Because if you're doing read option and the quarterback never keeps it then Then you're not really doing read option. You're just doing developing shotgun. I think maybe then my initial assessment was wrong but my general point is that they've got to find some way 
to expose him to less contact, make yeah. an offense that's going to work with that. Because or, or find a capable backup. Yeah, because um, it's, it's a risk-reward thing, and Martinez is not a between-the-tackles running back as far as... No, he's not built like that. Yeah. He's not He's not like you said, a Jalen Hurts or a Tim Tebow, where that kind of contact... I mean, even an A.J. Bush. Yeah, shit. I mean, right. So, um, defensively, there are... Pretty good pieces all over. They're going to need to figure out some things out up front, especially against the run with the Davis twins gone. But they still got Ben still. He's a capable he's capable against the run and the pass. Linebackers should be okay with Colin Miller and Will Honus both coming back. They still have Markel Dismook and your, oh, your guy. DiCaprio Boodle. I love that they still have this dude. We get one more season of him. So they've got plenty of experience in most of the important spots in the defense. And they've also been pulling in a lot of good defensive recruits. I don't know. I forget if I was looking at this year's class or next year's, um, but they've got a number of... They they hit Florida hard. Like, this has been the cycle where Frost connections there are paying off. And I, I don't know if you're necessarily going to see a big infusion of that talent just yet, but if you don't, it's coming. And they do have enough capable holdovers still in place that they should be okay there this year. Um, now, this is the one... I mean, we have not so far been talking about the special team situations because they haven't really been all that noteworthy. Um, we got to talk about Nebraska's kicking situation because oof, it's hard to think of a worse one recently. Um, they, they addressed it, though. They went out and got a, a grad transfer from LSU, Connor Culp, who's presumably the day one starter um, and probably plugs the kicking gap that they had. They, I think they have a punter coming in in the recruiting class as well. So. Well, it's a question of culpability here. hey <laughs> Come on, you knew <laughs> that was done. Boom! Um, okay, so looking at the schedule a little bit, if they want to capitalize on another good recruiting class, too, so yeah, they have the number 20 recruiting class nationally coming in. Um, which in the Big Ten West is perfectly fine. You can succeed with that kind of recruiting in the Big Ten West. Um, they need a fast start, though. They start off hosting Purdue, another program that's at kind of an inflection period for a once-promising coach whose results have not quite panned out how you would like. Um, they also have Cincinnati in the non-con, who managed to hang on to their hot head coaching candidate themselves. It's um, much to your chagrin. Well, I don't know. You know, honestly... Man, they signed uh, Mr. Football out of Ohio at running back. Yeah. Cincinnati's recruited. Oh, God, they also got a four-star out of Naperville after he didn't get into Illinois. <laughs> well, about the Mr. Ohio thing, is it not possible that... Ohio State didn't go after the guy because... Well, yeah. I mean, obviously Ohio State is recruiting better than <laughs> Ohio is producing just, now. Because they're just getting... Yeah, yeah. I mean, they've got... that. Nobody in Ohio is good enough to play for Ohio State anymore. <laughs> Come on. Are you serious? Which opens opportunities on... You know, unfortunately, I kind of wish that if MSU had not gotten Luke Fickle, they would have at least pried Vince Merrill away from Kentucky. They couldn't do that either. But plenty of time to talk about my team later, so... All that coming just by me mentioning the name of Cincinnati, which is going to be a very difficult game for Nebraska. Oh yeah, because um, yeah, they, that's not a pro. That's not a program that felt like a flash in the pan. As long as Fickle's there, Cincinnati also they held Ohio State to forty-two, which is more than most people did. 
and it took it. I mean, it was a game for a long time. Like it's not like it was forty-two nothing after the first quarter, and then Ohio State shut it down. So, um, God damn, Cincinnati played a couple of all-time classics last year near the end of the American. The American was awesome. That last Memphis year. game was incredible. Oh my god! Because um, I I had no idea that Cincinnati's offense had that gear. Well, it helped that they were playing a certain defense, <laughs> you know, but. but uh, yeah, yeah. The end of the American season had some incredible games. It was kick ass. But after that, the it's schedule, been you, Rugster. Yeah, the, the schedule is manageable <laughs> for a while for Nebraska after that Cincinnati game, and then on Halloween, shit gets real. <laughs> have you seen their? Do you have their schedule in front? Oh yeah, church? at Ohio um, State, home against Penn State, at Iowa, at Wisconsin, home against Minnesota. Yeah, so I'll be surprised if they win any of those. On paper, which of the yeah, which of those teams would you really predict them to win? Now they pro- they probably will pull a win out of there, um, but boy, that could easily be zero and five. It's gonna be Iowa. Well, probably, if only because they're not playing him at the end of the season, so it's not like which. I, why are they changing that? By the way. Um, I was just starting to get into the pattern where, like, I kind of look forward to seeing Nebraska yeah, Iowa on the day after that. Thanksgiving. I really like, like that. It was a. Pl- well, it because, felt like it was becoming a thing that. Well, because like I mean, obviously now, the highlight of Thanksgiving weekend is now and forever the Egg Bowl. Oh yeah. Um, it, if yeah. it wasn't number one before, <coughs> For it's number future. one with a, with bullet. a bullet now. I mean, because it used to be Texas, Texas A and M. Which, oh my god, these cowards will not resume that series. Well, in the last few of those games, a bunch of really crazy shit happened that, did, made, but that made people really mad. They're just... It, we need, as a nation, to just yell at them to kiss already. But they just won't. Um, so, no, yeah, you're right. Egg Bowl is number one. But I really like Iowa and Nebraska, especially because, like... Man, Iowa fans love talking about how Nebraska fans are not mad about Iowa or whatever. <laughs> I don't know. Basically, Nebraska fans and Iowa fans like, like performatively being not mad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, it, so for Nebraska fans, it's talking about why are Iowa fans always talking about us. And for Iowa fans, it's always talking about how Nebraska fans are talking about how we're talking about them. <laughs> And so it get, like they get it's it gets very like it becomes layers on layers. Yeah, uh, it, it's kind of. And I wasn't, I wasn't sure if Nebraska was part of the Midwest before they joined the conference. Oh yeah, they are. Yeah, oh, yeah. this this proves it. This is a very Midwestern feud. Yeah, and so you know, it, I guess in a way, there, this also opens a lot of opportunities. Um, putting Nebraska, Minnesota on a slightly higher place lets us get into uh, the passive aggressive bowl, and that's something I'm really looking forward to. Presented by Hidden Valley, of course. So, <laughs> uh, but yeah, that, that schedule in the tail end turns absolutely brutal. Um, and again, with Cincinnati in the non conference, with that tail end, um, there's not a lot of margin for error here. And with an injury prone quarterback, if you lose any games that are borderline or that you or that should have been close wins, um, what happens if Nebraska misses a bowl again this year? Three years under Scott Frost, no bowl appearances to say anything of winning a bowl of any substance or contending in the division. That's full. That's a full blown panic, right? Like it is. Yeah, you are hitting. You are hitting all the buttons, triggering all the alarms. It, it's it's. Full, like, 
does he ever is it not fair to ask is he ever like I mean the way that I see it is you've got to he's got to win 14 games over the next two years so if he wins five he better win at least nine the following year like yeah, I would say. If, 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 if he misses a bowl they need to have like a transcendental season yeah which and, you know nine wins on paper for Nebraska by the way would it not be hilarious? So they win five season, five games this year, and then find themselves in a situation where nine wins feels like an utter breakthrough. Yeah. Think about where they were when they fired Bo Pelini, and now year four of the prodigal son, nine wins feels like the revelation you've been waiting for. Like, well, then perhaps that bar should be set at like 15 or 16. <laughs> but, no, you know what? I would rather I would rather have it no other way. Because I'm, I'm, I'm if there's anything, if there's any outcome that really truly permanently puts an end to the story of Nebraska exceptionalism, is that not it? Um, well, you say that, but American exceptionalism is still a thing now. I wonder if we'll still think that looking back in a few years. <laughs> will we still think like, will or will we not conclude that maybe? Just maybe that particular story has already ended and we just don't know it yet. Uh, you and I might conclude that. Well, the people who won't will, again, mostly be dead by then. Well, anyway, question for Rusgert. Would you rather be, like, that that thing you are now, which is, like, that god-awful one-night stand the Big Ten just can't escape from hooking up with that one time? And, uh... Just, oh, we got Rutgers pregnant. Yeah, we did. Yeah, basically. Or would you, you rather be... That's what you get for Raw Dog. Or would you rather be... Oh, my God. But then Nebraska has Rutgers coming in from the American, and they might be in the American, but make no mistake, this is not a game Nebraska can win. Would you rather us be talking about you like we're talking about Cincinnati? <laughs> yeah, man. I don't know. I just... Uh, all right. Well, let's. Cincinnati let's also had designs on the big time. Yeah, still does. That Cincinnati media market. Um, all right. So on happier topics for. Well, Nebraska. imagine imagine the most rednecky parts of Ohio, and then combine that with Kentucky. Yeah. What's not <laughs> to like? Would have broadened our culinary horizons as well. I, even just thinking about a picture of skyline chili makes me kind of want to vomit. Like, all right. Um, so let's let's put that behind us and get on to happier conversations. Nebraska basketball. Nebraska basketball. <laughs> oh, boy. Good grief. The pirate ship Hoiberg hit a damn hurricane as soon as it left port, man. Um, we expected, on the blocking charge cast, extreme growing pains because it's hard to overstate the degree of roster turnover they had where it, Thorir Thorvjarnerson was the only player on Nebraska's team last year who had ever played a minute for Nebraska before. Deshaun we were talking was, Kansas football David Beatty levels. Yeah. Of, like, Nick Saban couldn't have won in the situation that David Beatty was in. No, and, and granted, Deshaun Burke was on the roster the previous year, but he was sitting out because he had transferred in. Um, but other than that, nobody else on the team had ever played for Nebraska before. And granted, this is how Hoiberg rolls. There's always a lot of transfers coming in. Guys are not there for four years. You're going to have a lot of turnover all the time. The upside of that is 
if a year doesn't go well, you can always expect you're, you're, shave, you're shuffling the deck next year. The downside is um, it's possible for this kind of thing to happen. And, and boy, um, we discussed Northwestern's non-conference woes against a couple of pretty bad, pretty bad opponents. Nebraska opened the season with back-to-back losses to Ken Palm 211 UC Riverside, and then double overtime to Ken Palm 161 Southern Utah, and then later they picked up another home loss to Ken Palm 231 North Dakota. Um, and if you thought that all that suggested they were going to improve in Big Ten play, because look, other than that, I mean, they had a loss to George Mason. That's pretty tough. Washington State, they got a win there. Um, they had other losses to... The Pac-12 is a mid-major. It was better. Basketball. It was considerably better last year than it had been recently, though. I but mean, it's a mid-major in basketball. Well, yeah, which is to say they have, like, two or three really good teams and then a number of teams that are just kind of there. Um, but, yeah, Arizona's fine. Oregon was good. Um, Arizona State looks like they're back on the rise, so... I don't think they're going to be as bad as they have been now. But anyway, if Nebraska's non-conference performance suggested that things were going to go badly, the conference record, holy... <laughs> um, it's it's 10 miles of bad road, man. It's, uh, it's finding... By the way, is there a more hilarious opponent for Nebraska to beat than Iowa? Um, but they did. They beat Iowa... Uh, in, in early January, and then they did not win another game. That was a costly loss for Iowa. Yeah. When you look at how the race <laughs> shook out. That was. I mean, that's actually that's actually funnier than Rutgers beating Wisconsin the one year for their only Big Ten win. Yeah, because <laughs> it just that's actually funnier because like yeah, I remember that, correctly that Iowa finished one game out of a piece of the title. Yeah, that <laughs> lost to Nebraska cost them a piece of the title. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, man, um, but no. Other than that, they beat Purdue in December when Purdue was had, had not gotten their shit together. Really, Purdue never did last year. Um, they had again the bizarre win over Michigan State that I will never understand. Um, but other than that, Purdue had a very down year, and that result against Nebraska reflected that. But other than that, they took Indiana to overtime in one of the first two games. Um, they forced overtime in their second matchup with Northwestern. Uh, but other than that, like, what is even Nebraska's best outcome other than that? They, again, they almost beat Maryland on the road, only lost that game by two. Uh, but other than, you, they almost beat Rutgers on the road, lost that game by three. But there's a couple close losses, and then there's just, oh, that's a lot of losses in a row. Um, I mean, they, they went from 2-2 two and two in the conference after beating Iowa to 2-18. and 18. <laughs> So that tells you. Oh, my God. That tells you how it goes. The last 16 games. In between, yeah, yeah. In between having a short roster already and a couple injuries down the stretch, they, they ended up <laughs> conscripting a couple of football players to walk yeah, out. Yeah, they got Noah Vidral. Noah Vidral, but more, more importantly, and I want to get his name right because the vowels are... And on your Brant Banks. I was thinking there should have been Brant, but no, Brant Banks, an offensive lineman who came over and played basketball. We had, yeah. I mean, continuing yeah. in the great legacy of Andre Almeida, we had a true hefty boy suiting up 
Um, and if I remember right, he had like the headband on, so he had like the lo- like the shoulder length flow. Yeah, the headband. It was like, oh, put on the glasses, put on the athletic <laughs> glasses, you majestic beast, do it. Um, I don't remember if he had scored any points. He or some had Boris Grant goggles. Um, yeah, like just come on, like please go all the way. Um, but that's and you know even before that, I mean they were playing big minutes for a walk on and Charlie Easley who did as well as you could expect for a former walk on, but. Um, they were they were thin. They were thin. They were small, um, and that resulted. You know, even though I actually again, like we saw with Northwestern, they have some pieces here that are interesting. Um, now, not because I mean, of their four best players, to me that was Mac Burke, Cheatham, and Woodrogo. I think I'm saying that wrong. I, I heard it pronounced like five different ways, so I don't know how to say Woodrogo's name right. The French guy. Um, in the front court. The problem is, Cheatham was a one and done, and Cam Mack transferred. So they've got Deshaun Burke coming back. Woodrogo is a very intriguing player, but Kevin Cross, another guy in the front court, also transferred. Um, so they're after going through a seven win season, they're basically redoing their entire roster again. Like they don't, even the guys they brought in as the transfers didn't stay. Um, and I don't remember that being a feature of Hoiberg's guys at Ohio at, or Ohio, Iowa State as much. They probably had some attrition, but it felt like they did have a little bit of carryover with guys who were there multiple seasons. I mean, Monte Morris was a four-year player for them, who Izzo should have recruited. Um, but anyway, it this is an important offseason because... Nebraska has shown by firing, uh, you know, by firing Tim Miles that they're not going to put up with just being respectable anymore and you know being good once in a while. They expect this program to go places, and even though Hoiberg is a favorite son, much the way Frost is for the football team, I don't think there's unlimited patience here. Another year like that certainly puts him on the hot seat. I don't know if it gets him fired because. Again, what better candidate are they going to find than a former NBA coach and player who is an alumnus? You know, I wouldn't put the NBA coach thing on his resume. Well, the fact that the Bulls were bad under him, we had nothing to do. Have nothing to do with him, and the way they've gone since then kind of speaks some credit to his coaching record there. I think, Um, but you know. I leave that to you as the sufferer. Isn't Reinsdorf the owner of the Bulls, too? Yeah. I leave that. That's your cross to bear. You, God damn it. This is what you get. supposed no, to you stop sucking this year. You know what? This is what you get for the Jordan Bulls. You get, This is your penance. Yeah, and the 05 White Sox, to a lesser extent. The White Sox won the World Series? They didn't. I could work in Chicago media with that <laughs> perspective, couldn't I? <laughs> All right, we've gone too far down the rabbit hole here, so... Hoy boys, not toy with your joy. Right. So again, um, next year you're relying on Burke, you're relying on Woodrugo. Um, Gervais Green showed some things a little bit. He was more of a bench player. They're going to need him to do more next year. They have a couple of transfers coming online that they are going to need big things of. Delano Banton out of Western Kentucky is a former four star. That's a he's going to be important. He I think he's going to be running the point for them. Um, Shamil Stevenson out of Pitt is likewise going to be very important. They have more transfers coming in the future. And the thing is, their high school prospects are all, like, 
deep developmental cuts. Like they're in terms of national ranking, like they're going down into the four hundreds to find these guys. Which isn't to say that they can't pan out. But expecting them to pan out next year, yeah, not reasonable. Yeah, you're, so. you're building for a few years from now, which doesn't say a whole lot about uh, what this coming year is going to yeah. bring. Yeah, their best case scenario next year, if all their guys stay healthy and play good, is they're still only going to run six or seven deep. Unless there's unless I've just completely missed on the, the work I've done into reading about this team. Unless they develop um, a robust walk-on program. <laughs> well, yeah, that's again... They found a decent one in Easley, but he's still going to be... He's still a below-average Big Ten player. Like, there's no getting around his physical limitations. So, um, yeah. I'm going to say how much I love that they've leaned into Nebraska ball. Like, I appreciate it, yeah. I absolutely appreciate that. Like, as much as I appreciate the Mac leaning into Maction. <laughs> yeah. Right? Like, when, when people come up with fun things, even if they're a little bit deprecating... If, as long as they're fun, I mean, come on. Don't take yourself so seriously. No, yeah, exactly. You College sports takes itself far too seriously far too often. I love that Nebraska ball is a thing. I hate that they tried to make the, the, the broken chair trophy not a thing. They still haven't accepted it. Yeah. Like I, why? Why? Why not? What is wrong with that? I'm going to do my best Scott Frost pout right now. Um, we're, we're very important, and that's... Not befitting the dignity of the Nebraska. Yeah. Program. Well, you wanna you wanna you wanna beat Oklahoma like the old days? Yeah. Go find them. Good They're in the playoff. Good fucking. Luck. They're in the playoff. <laughs> They'll meet you there any day. If you wanna play them, go get it. Your source for Big Ten talk. It's off tackle. Empire.